0: Welcome to Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. C.H. Siddons.
1: Hey, welcome back. New school year.
0: (laughs) Welcome back, Mr. Siddons. And of course, Mr. Peter Crable. Welcome to season six. Season six, episode one. Uh, It has been a while, folks. We are very glad to be back. Uh, We had to move heaven and earth to find a time to record. But here we are, and it's going to be a great show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Ed's Not Dead PC, and you can check out the Ed's Not Dead website, edsnotdead.com As always, we're brought to you by Ed's Not Dead Media, full-service educational media company focusing on leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. Fellas,
2: yes. I am so happy to see you guys. It was a long summer. It's nice. Yeah. And the, the air has turned a little bit. The mornings yeah. are a little crisp. Yep enjoyable maybe i'll wear a jacket maybe i won't it follows uh upon us
1: and there's no consequence if you don't wear that jacket
2: yeah do whatever you want it really doesn't matter
0: right you still have since you're both millennials and and squeakers when it comes to money are you still running your air conditions or are you just totally
2: (laughs) windows open Uh, no
1: air conditioners on yeah that is one
2: thing i never understood uh like when making yourself miserable, it's like, well, you have the air conditioning; might as well use it. <laughs> right? It air is. It
0: is kind of that weird in between time in the house, though. When you have the AC on and it's cooler outside, you yeah. you, you
2: might want to wear a long sleeve shirt in the house, and you switch to sweats, <laughs> not shorts. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, this is true. This mm-hmm. is true. One thing we did uh probably since the last episode, we got solar whoa oh, great. Oh, man really yes we did that
0: was the summer project you didn't even tell us you were doing that Jeez. i mean i
2: literally did nothing i just showed up and then there were solar panels on my house but yeah no it was done are you renting or owning owning baby whoa we do a whole big thing about the s-rec market in how? dc and how great it is wow how many, how many panels that is a great question robbie somewhere around 11 i want to say really
1: yeah. Are you are you giving back to the grid?
0: Yes. Of so you're so you're giving some back to the grid. Do you store that? Is it is it, it is it converted mm. right into electricity, or is it somehow get? I don't really profess to understand how solar yeah. works.
2: Yeah. You 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 use the grid when you use the grid, and when you don't use the grid and you're on solar, you put it back in the grid, so you get like Got a it. net meter at the end. Got so it. for the month of July, do you want to know what my electric bill was? I'm I'm going to be upset. Four dollars.
0: What? Sidens, we got to do something. That's crazy. <laughs> and how many electric cars do you have? Uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But at some right, point, okay. we will own one. <laughs> I thought right. you, had, you had
2: the Prius. Yeah, that's not electric. It's a hybrid. I mean, it's not a oh, plug. Right. It's wow. not a plug. I mean, it's not a plug. I'm electric. talking
0: about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you don't have massive gas guzzlers. A so Prius is no, not. Like, no, no, no. For my, sure. My four gas guzzling.
1: <laughs>
2: is it, which, which one are we talking about here?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the blue one or the green
1: one? Yeah. Red one. The red one. Oh, you have a red one.
2: <laughs> yeah, Danny's Casey. Gone. Is that the crickets in at your house that are that I can hear? Do are you? Oh, that would be. Sorry. Are you hanging out with uh, nature? I'll
1: shift back inside.
2: Oh, just, I was like, is, well,
0: is s- that speak, speaking of fall? That's growing up in the country. That's the the peepers were in the spring, and the crickets are in the fall.
3: There so you that's go. Marks the change. True. Know, that's
0: true. You, you know what, a, Mr. This could be on the quiz,
2: Mr. Crable. Do you know what a peeper is? It's a mix between a grasshopper and a butterfly. Uh, <laughs> is that not accurate? Uh, <laughs> Mr. Siddons
0: might be getting tense. Quickly but, uh, <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Mr. Siddons peeper.
1: Uh, a Mr. flower that a, fl- a perennial flower that comes Are out kidding, way me? after. I have a bug, no man.
2: Clearly. Sixth oh, grade no, clear, outdoor no, ed
0: king you you Uh, don't okay
1: i was never that wasn't in the curriculum dr anybody
0: (laughs) really teaching those kids a a peeper would be a frog
2: oh no
1: is that is that that an informal term for a frog yeah Yeah. okay well no actually
0: i don't i actually would you would you gigs it right now i think you see what a peeper is anyway uh we have a great show tonight mr grable we do um we're really excited to have scott joftus um who is currently a Montgomery County Board of Education member? Uh, he is an education consultant and professor of Ed leadership on the show tonight. Um, so we've got lots of questions for Dr. Joftus, And we are also going to delve into the the teacher shortage. We we've, we've all lived it, right? Um, but yeah. we're not completely or, we're not completely convinced it's true. Yeah, or so called.
2: <laughs> shortage? Yeah. Did We're I just, just asking I don't, I don't questions. Know. We're just asking questions. Yeah, that's all we're doing. Pontificating on it. All right. Um. So I before, found out spring peepers. Before, uh, spring peepers. The spring so right.
1: peeper is a small chorus frog, widespread throughout the eastern United States and Canada. They're so go. called because of their chirping call that marks the beginning of spring.
0: Yep. And they oh. and they they can be really early. For example, late February, early March. Oh wow. And it, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't take long if you drive outside the the beltway where the rest of the nation lives um you'll you'll hear preepers pretty quick uh, on spring nights it's it's a nice sound
1: they're very small they're very cute
0: yeah they're cute um all right real quick before we get into wanted teachers no training necessary uh how was the summer mr Krabs?
2: i had an a plus summer it was an awesome summer. It was maybe the best so far. Um, got a couple of vacations in. I think talked about last time we, we, we met, I think we had not gone to Western New York yet. Western Correct. New York is awesome. Right. It was lots of swimming, lots of waterfalls, lots of jumping into swimming holes. Was that the Hudson you were on? Uh, no, uh, further, way further west. Okay, got it. Uh, we, we were the first place we stayed. It's on, it's the Finger Lakes region was, oh, yeah, um, Finger Lakes. about an hour, hour and a half outside Buffalo. Um, in, in my whole life, I've never had any desire to go to Niagara Falls, yep. but we were like, well, we're like an hour, hour and a half away. So we did do the most American tourist thing imaginable. Well, you should, and, because it's amazing. It's Niagara Falls. It it's, yeah. it's pretty big. Yeah. yeah. It's legit. Did you
0: go down Niagara Falls in a barrel?
2: Did not no, but we did do the Maid of the Mist.
0: (laughs) Oh, you did that? Yes, that
2: must. They just print money. I mean, those people must be literally gazillionaires. So they throw boats out every fifteen minutes. I salmon
0: when I go on my salmon fishing trip in November. You know, because we always have to schedule the show around it. um, It's about an hour and a half from Buffalo on Lake Ontario. Got it. Um, So anyway, anyway, so you had a you had a blast, and I want you to share with the audience your. Since you're a relatively new principal, um, you had a big learning at the end of the last school year, which you credited to me. So I want some credit about vacations.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, the right the right away. Oh, it's, the right away uh, after school vacation. Mr. we gotta get you on that train. Do it. I don't man. know
0: what that is. I have no idea what that
2: right is. Right when school ends, get out of dodge. Be done yeah. with it. And I think that I do think that really kickstarted summer feeling extremely long. Because there's yeah. not like a a week or two where you're like kind of, you know, working and trying to like decompress. It's just like, no, man, you're yep. on vacation. It's on, done.
0: On and you start to decompress immediately. Exactly. A- and you come back like, okay, I've got the summer. I'm gonna work. I feel good. Yep. Um, you should try it next year, Mr. The
2: Sith. other the other big thing I noticed, we talked about it on the last pod, was when when the the summer flip started happens, you know in case he had pontificated August 1st, I think you agreed with him, Robbie. So I was acutely aware of that this year to determine if it was August 1st. It's August 1st, man.
1: It's officially,
2: it's officially August 1st that the, the brain switches over and, you know, you you move back towards regular
0: school mode. So essentially August doesn't count really. That's Yeah. It's basically the school year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the end of June is glorious in July. Yeah. Um, and so, and your kids are good. I got to see them a lot this summer. That yep. was, fan, that was fantastic. Yep, My son helped your 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 youngest learn how to jump off a diving board, which was an amazing video. A, a plus work. A Johnny plus there. work by Johnny Dodd. Um, Mr. Siddons, you got away. I saw some, some, some pics of you and Frida and your bride. Yeah,
1: we made it to uh, the beach in June at the end of June, which was awesome. And July went by quick. And then August was supposed to be filled with a trip to Boston. And then we, we all got COVID and then it messed up. And, and being the first time I've built the schedule for our school, it was August was not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was doing scheduling up until like last week, Yeah, which, had, sure. I, which no one told me about.
2: <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm I'm sure you did a killer job.
1: Yeah, I mean, kids have classes.
2: Yeah, they have but classes. I mean, half of them don't have classes, but other than that, yeah well, I told the ones I told, that co- do I, are very happy.
1: I told a couple of teachers, I said, "You may be teaching all 150 <laughs> kids in the gymnasium for your <laughs> for social studies, but that's fine."
0: How yeah. long, how long was the line outside the counseling office for first first two days? Not bad.
1: No, there are no lines. No lines. That's good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, everybody was scheduled. Success. Yeah.
0: Good job. Good job. So
1: we, I made it. I, you know, the, it was the first time going into pre-service where um i you know I did, I did i didn't have like the butterflies it felt like mostly stress-free because we had everything kind of set and ready to go and then um you know it's kind of nice that first week of school when kids come in because less people are dropping by your office and stopping you from getting your stuff done <laughs>
0: well um and i had a I had a i had a great summer. Um, sent my oldest off to college. Uh, there were lots of endings and beginnings graduation from high school. Um, and we got away and it was, it was, it was nice. I felt last year was a pretty challenging school year, which we're going to talk about. um, yeah. I'm sure as the, as the Ed's not dead season six progresses, um, before we get into this article about teacher shortage, I just want to mention, um, very 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 sadly that uh one of our dearest friends and colleagues um uh, uh, an amazing educator named uh Jeff Edgar passed away in July too young under 60 years old yeah. retired um we were all together at one point in our careers right um several years at the same yep. school and um Jeff was one of a kind, an amazing educator, touched a lot of people's lives uh, as, as we saw at his service. Um, and we were just all pretty, pretty crushed by his, his passing. Um, I spent six years as we were, you know, thickest thieves as me as a principal and him as an assistant principal. Um, and I learned a tremendous amount from him. Um, I drove him crazy. He drove me crazy. Uh, but I I loved him to death, and so I know you guys were were deeply saddened by uh, by the loss of Jeff.
1: It's been, a, it's been quite a bummer. Uh, you know, last year, my first year's AP, I talked to him a lot, and texted him a lot, and I was like, and we called. Uh, I called him once a week, and uh, I think about it once a week so far this year and since August. Just I wish I could call him. Cause he would just, just, he would tell me crazy stories of his time as an AP and just the crazy things that he was required to do and uh, just kind of commiserate on the, on the challenges of being a new administrator. And um, I miss being able to call him up, you know,
2: it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Always wanted to provide perspective, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And levity or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever was needed.
1: It was usually it was usually a one up story where it was like he he had to teach like 16 subjects or something like that while he was also lifeguarding. And, you know, you know, I mean, like it was always a little bit of a one up, but you kind of expected it. And he probably was in a much more challenging situation. So it's, it's something you learn from.
0: He was a he was a worker, and I know I know Mr. Graves. You'd agree that he had a wicked sense of humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, um, he, there was nobody quicker with a with a quip than um, yeah. Jeff Edgar. And and finally, I will just say that um, he was in education for all the right reasons. He cared deeply about kids. He would literally do pretty much anything to help a uh, 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 an early adolescent. He was he was an expert on middle schools. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there was a, I mean, he was. He was born to be a middle school educator yep um and that's a small group of people (laughs) it's not a lot of humans on the planet that are that are ready for that 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 was jeff so um we miss him we know his family uh was just crushed by his passing and um we're going to dedicate this show to our our friend and colleague jeff edgar Mm -hmm. um When we come back, we are going to get into wanted teachers, no training necessary. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ed's Not Dead. Uh, We are brought to you by Ed's Not Dead Media, a full service educational media company focusing on leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. All right, fellas, you ready to get into this piece in the Washington Post? The teacher
2: shortage. The teacher shortage. shortage.
0: Teachers, no training necessary. Uh, I think this was from what, Mr. Siddons? The 13th? You said yeah. it to us. 13th right. of this month. Very recent. Um, yep. So it's in it's in the WAPO. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the teacher shortage with our guest coming up, Dr. Scott Joftis, but Let's get into this. So here we go. I'm going to read you a few pieces of this, of this piece. Um, states desperate to fill teaching jobs have relaxed job requirements. Public officials are openly challenging the idea that a degree in education should be a prerequisite for getting into the classroom and are aiming to undo longstanding license, licensure rules. Uh, Many states have loosened job criteria. Uh, So let's see what some of these states are doing. Um, You ready, Mr. Siddons? You're going to love these. (laughs) When I I went through these, I was thinking. I'm so
1: excited to talk about (laughs) Governor DeSantis' quote.
0: Casey's, uh, you're going to hold on that first. I
1: am. I'm, okay? I'm waiting. That, I know that, 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 that gets point. stuck in your craw.
0: So school officials say emergency certified teachers need far more support than other first year educators. Okay. So educators are saying that non-trained people are obviously going to need more support than trained people. Um, so Arizona, uh, is allowing, uh, those earning bachelor's degrees to teach with the guidance of a mentor for two years. Uh, the state board of education voted this year to permit substitute teachers who need only a high school diploma to serve as full-time classroom teachers, Oklahoma, which has long contended, uh, with acute teacher shortages passed a law a little more than a decade ago, permitting districts that exhausted all means of finding qualified educators to get an emergency certification. So, uh, because of the, the shortage education secretary, uh, Miguel Cardona, He weighed in, fellas, Uh, he said the teachers feel under attack, micromanaged, and disrespected. They're not given the resources they need to help their students succeed. And they sometimes have to take on second jobs just to make ends meet. So I think all three of us have seen this shortage up close and personal to some extent Mm -hmm. or another. Um, So I'm leading off asking you... um, well these measures in this piece which some of them are extreme you can basically have no college degree a partial um, partial college becoming from another profession altogether so there's some pretty extreme appro- approaches to teacher hiring do you think they're going this is going to result in negative impacts on students schools and the profession overall
2: Casey, I know you want to rant, so go ahead.
1: Uh, No, I'm not going to rant. No, I have I everything about what these states are doing is exactly the opposite of what should be happening. Like they're they're loosening restrictions, they're getting rid of certifications, they're getting rid of all the things that you know, all the bars and the standards that need to be raised in order to increase the quality of folks who are going into the teaching profession. But
0: but short term. If, no, uh, I, I, if, I. If you're I, a DefCon 11, what do you do as a school well,
1: system? I understand that, but what I want to. I want to bookend that with by saying that this is not a new problem for Oklahoma, who starts their teachers out at like thirty-two thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars a year. This is not a new problem for uh, Florida, which pays their teachers very poorly. <laughs> and and a
0: trend in the states.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it's <laughs> it's not a new thing. So I sh- I say that. Uh, understanding that they're dealing with on uh, i can't even imagine how big their class sizes are i can't imagine the the impact on kids when they don't have an expert teacher in the classroom It's just it's sad it's just it's just it's sad it's very sad
2: i'll be a little devil's advocate here da da not every teacher that has a certification is an expert teacher Certification is is one thing, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have certification, but um, I'm I'm not sure that that equates one to one to becoming an expert teacher. And I I would argue that's
1: not what I was saying though. That's not what I was.
2: Okay, I mean you said positing. expert. You said expert teacher. So
1: yeah, but I I, I no 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 hold on no okay. don't, don't skew my words. Chris. Okay, all right,
2: go ahead. Okay. Don't skew okay. his am, words.
1: Okay, I am not saying that a certification in a specific subject area means that you're a good teacher. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. There are certifications and licensures and regulations in place to hopefully uh, act- actually support the process of getting someone who is probably more certified or more qualified than, than not. Meaning I can't get a certification to teach social studies unless I've done a program at a, a certified uh, post-secondary institution that teaches teachers how to teach
0: social studies.
2: So one thing so, I will say, so Robbie Dodd, yes, have you ever hired a teacher on a provisional certification? Absolutely. Casey, have you ever hired a teacher on a provisional certification?
1: No, I don't know.
2: I have not only hired teachers on a provisional certification, I myself have been hired on a provisional certification as well. And I think one thing that What's I the problem, Casey, <laughs> there's the problem. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, nope. there we go. No, but so. So um, after you after you get over, um, you know, Ron DeSantis being Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that teachers don't become great teachers, it, not from sitting in a, in a lecture hall, but from doing the job. There is some merit to that argument. Yes. And doing the job makes you better at the job. All right. Stop there. Stop okay. there. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Because you, you both have been just determined to steal the quote from me. Cause I, I, I was, <laughs> I've, this, I've
2: gone around and around. And
0: okay. So, so the great governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, uh, quote, <laughs> The teachers that become great teachers don't become great teachers because they're sitting in some university lecture hall listening to some professor <laughs> blovier.
1: <laughs> Isn't that it's, the villain in one of the James Bond movies?
0: Yeah. DeSantis said when he announced an initiative to allow community college graduates to teach under a mentor teacher for two years. Quote, what makes a great, what makes a teacher great is actually being there, doing it. Watching experienced teachers and seeing what they do that works, working directly with students. So, you know, this, I want to let you guys argue some more, but this did make me think. I mean, is there a link between the affordability and accessibility of higher education? Because he he is, you know, he's an anti-intellectual. Although I do believe he went to Yale. <laughs> he went to
1: Yale. Okay, and but
0: <laughs> but he but he hates the Ivies because he went to Yale. Is there a link between the accessibility of higher ed and the attractiveness of the profession for young adults? Um, so if you if I guess what I'm saying. If you're gonna spend a fortune, your parents are gonna spend a fortune to send you to college or to help send you to college. Are you really interested in teaching in Oklahoma? Right. Are you really is is the is the profession attractive enough? I I, I just think we have a higher ed issue. I
1: don't I don't dis, I don't disagree with that. I, I think we're also talking about two separate things, which is the college. Experience and everything about college and certification, which I I think are two separate issues.
0: I agree, teacher prep versus versus certification.
1: But I I I agree. I mean, like the experience when we talk about what kids are doing or students are doing in colleges. If you're sitting in college classes and not not working with kids and expert teachers throughout your time in school, you're missing that. So that's such an incredible. The job. opportunity you're missing everything about the job the whole job you're missing that yes yes
0: but 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 then again crable is education i mean i believe at my core in 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 education as a social science mm-hmm. i mean it deserves to be a degree program there is a lot to learn about child and adolescent psychology and methods of teaching. And I mean, it, it is, it, it, you can get smart from learning about education. And yes. I think that will help you be a better teacher it, it in and of itself. Will it make you a great teacher? No, you need the experience as well. That's why there's always been student teaching, whether it's dumb or not, is another discussion, but you get the theory and you get the practice. But it's That's it's the idea behind it,
1: right? And I, you you can have both if if it's designed right. I mean, I did it where it was. You take all these classes, and then at the end, hopefully, you still want to be a teacher, and then you do student teaching. And you know, the amount of people that passed student teaching was probably a hundred percent. But I, I think having the methods courses and the and all the other courses that you might have about teaching being a, an effective teacher is so important because you're in a classroom setting you're not doing it when you're also working hopefully um, so you're able to focus on the craft the research i mean it's not it's not a secret what makes an effective teacher there's loads and loads and loads of research that of of how to be of how to teach effectively how to reach kids and we need people To experience that in the classroom while also at the same time, in some capacity, being around children, knowing how to interact with kids, and learning from an expert teacher.
2: Right. And I think we've identified two kind of broad areas here of of barriers. So, one is most sort of people in the education world, including the Secretary of Education, would argue that people don't go into the profession because it doesn't pay well. Because teacher, teachers aren't don't have autonomy because teachers aren't treated as professionals stuff so stuff like that, and I think the other one though, Robbie, to your point is yet yeah, like, how do you become a teacher? Like it requires several years of preparation, um, and there's there are some back doors kind of to get in. You know, you and I, Robbie, were both para educators, and that's both how we decided and found out that we actually did like working with kids. I really, to be honest, had no great interest and never even crossed my mind to be like an education major prior to being like, I don't want to work in an office. What else can I do? I
0: (laughs) I refused, flat out refused to do it. Right.
2: Oh, did your dad want you to do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He kept
0: kept nagging me about it. And I said, I kept saying no.
2: And and so I think, you know, for as loathsome as DeSantis is, this idea of allowing community college graduates to work under a mentor teacher for two years to get them they they have a college maybe an associates but i think maybe it sounds and i don't know enough about it honestly to really say too much about it but it seems like a little bit of a mix between like a vocational um, program mixed with some of that theoretical i guess book learning bloviation if you will and I think things like that are, are, are okay. It's yeah, whole, I agree. Throw everything out. Anybody can do it. Step in the classroom. Like, all right, you know, that's ridiculous. Right. But, you know, there. I think there is, is, is some middle ground. and does need to be some acknowledgement that maybe the, the, the teacher pay and the professionalism is not the only reason that people don't go into education.
0: Right. I, right. And I do. I can't. I mean, I can't remember really specifically, because now my doctoral studies are increasingly seem, seeming like a long time ago, but I know John Hanushik at, at Stanford did a fair amount of research on the highly qualified stipulation of no child left behind. You, you all will remember that school systems were required to hire "Quote unquote highly qualified teachers." So there was a out of NCLB a lot of licensure kinds of things came about. I my gut tells me I remember the research said that it was found to be somewhat non-impactful, not causal on on, on or even very strongly correlational with student achievement. Um, that it was just kind of more institutionalized red tape mm. um and so i i but but i also worry about the slippery slope of deprofessionalizing the profession even right. further because it's a profession let's be honest that has struggled with that um and 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 the professions association with unions which i support but yeah. um that's something that the American public doesn't necessarily consider unions as signifying professionalization. Right. Um, so it's, it's a, the, the reality that we're left with is, is it does appear that there is a significant shortage of teachers. I don't know if the profession is in crisis. I'm concerned about it, but, um, Because we all three think it's, we, we got into it in different ways, but we all love the profession Um, and, and we love teaching and it, it just, you know, we want more people to do it. Correct. We want more people to do it. And
1: I, I I would just, as a final thought, I know that we're closing up, but
0: you got the last word,
1: the, the thing that I, I notice a lot in my, you know, my tenure so far in education is I I don't think I've ever heard a, a, an ed, another educator tell a student you should be a teacher.
2: I just started doing that this year and just I started asking kids about it. Yeah.
1: And and I, I will, I'm going to toot my own horn when I see kids, when I, my own students, my current students I have, like, I'm like, yeah, you, you know, you'd make a great teacher. Like, have you ever thought about going to teaching? Like, planting that seed and just be like, I've, I've heard people say like, you shouldn't go into teaching, like, don't be a teacher, which is also discouraging. But we have to be more optimistic about the profession ourselves and have more trust in the fact that we have to, that it can get better, but we need to, it's a great career. It's a great profession. It's so hard. It's so complicated, so complex, but you're working with humans
0: that is a profound final word you are right we as a profession i i have real questions about whether we why don't we tell kids all the time? You should be teachers. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure yeah. doctors tell people you should yeah. be a doctor. I, they,
1: all they hear is they care. want to be engineers. Correct. And we, of course, we need engineers. Of course, we, we need scientists.
0: We have lots of educators that are guilty. No offense. They're, they're, they're parents. They can do what they want to do, but they tell their own kids not to be teachers. Correct. Um, Correct. So, all right. Well said, Casey. Thank you. All right, when we come back fellas, we are incredibly excited to have Dr. Scott joftus on the show. Don't go away. We will we will be right back. All right, fellas, we are incredibly excited to have uh Montgomery County Board of Education member, uh, amongst other things, education consultant, professor, former teacher public school parent, Dr. Scott Joftis on Ed's Not Dead. Scott, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Um, So let's jump right in. You've been a Board of Education member for the better part of a year now. I I have that right, correct?
3: Uh, Officially, I got um, sworn in 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 like mid-December. So whatever that is, eight or nine months.
0: So um, you've experienced a ton, I'm sure in less than a year. Um, so if you could talk to us and our audience about uh, in that time and just throughout your other experiences as an educational leader, what are the most pressing issues for boards of education right now, both locally and nationally?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, um, thank you for that. So I, I, I think that the it's different locally than it is nationally, right? Because I think, fortunately for Montgomery County, we're not yet facing the sort of politically device, divisive, divisive. How do you say that word?
2: Depends. <laughs> depends how fancy you are. I yeah, I think
3: fancier is divisive. It, divisive. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. go. With, I'll go with fancy. Uh, <laughs> so the politically divisive topics of things like CRT and book. Uh, banning of books we've had it a little bit um but fortunately it's been pretty well contained that to me is the issue nationally is this political wedge that we're seeing being driven through the heart of the american public that is counterproductive it's ugly and um Thankfully, we're not dealing with that on any comprehensive uh, in any comprehensive manner yet. I will say that Um, locally, I think, you know, people were really upset. Uh, Community was very upset by how MCPS we handled the pandemic and especially around the communications of that. Um, I've been also speaking to some former principals who unfortunately feel like they were thrown out of the bu- under the bus um by the system um uh during the pandemic and to the point where uh they they felt the need to leave the system, unfortunately. They're great principals. Um So I think that's been the number one issue is how do we uh, re-engage the community? How do we rebuild the trust? How do we communicate? Bethesda Chevy Chase High School just had a scary incident yesterday. And um, for the better part of today and yesterday, you know, I've been hearing from parents like we didn't know what was going on. Everyone was terrified. Half of us thought, you know, our kids were in serious danger. Other half of us didn't even know anything was going on. So that's a really big issue that I think we all need to work on as far as just how do we communicate in a way that um, that is effective and sort of values the very diverse population that we serve. Um, yeah. And then the other two big issues, and I'll say these more quickly, one is mental health of, of students and staff Um, It was bad going into the pandemic. And right now, I I don't think it's an overstatement to say it's at crisis proportions. Um, And then, of course, uh, the learning loss that was experienced. We're seeing, you know, test scores and achievement levels for all students across the county have just sort of fallen off a cliff. And it's um, that's troubling and something that we need to, to focus on can i can i back up just
1: a little bit too about like when you're talking about crt and the culture wars that seemingly seemingly have come down to boards of ed across the nation like you've experienced the board of ed for almost a year you've been a teacher you've seen the on the ground impact you're you're working in the consulting war in the world but like what typically boards of ed don't Get paid attention to prior to 2016, 2015, right? But now it's like this cultural touch point. Why do you feel? Why are boards of ed so important for voters to pay attention to? Um, just at
3: large. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Absolutely, and I'm I'm glad you asked that question because um, I am campaigning, and one of the chal- for to be reelected to the the seat, and one of the challenges. I face and we face as as board members is just getting people to understand how important the uh, board race is and to, and to pay attention to it. Montgomery County has a $3 billion, almost a $3 billion budget. It represents half of the county's budget, right? And um, if for no other reason, whether you have kids in the system or not, the quality of our schools and how we use those 3 billion dollars is going to determine everything from your quality of life to your um your housing values to um to the extent of crime and and other sort of negative consequences when we don't do a good job in our schools um so those are the reasons that I think we need to pay attention to the board I can go into more of a of a um uh, detailed description of, I I think there's a misunderstanding of, I I like to say that people think we have both more power and less power than we, than they, than we do, right? Less power in the sense that we don't hire principals. We don't fire principals. We don't deal with matters of, of teaching and learning. We don't decide whether to close schools on a snow day or for COVID. Um, more power because we have we're responsible for three billion dollars we hire and fire the superintendent we set the vision for the district and as i see in districts across the country that we work with during my day job um a board can be can really take a school district down a a really bad path and um there's there's this there's this need to sort of stay out of the way in some extent and also to provide positive leadership that I think is is really really important
2: so you um in terms of pressing issues you mentioned in casey mentioned divisive or divisive issues <laughs> and um so we're, probably, going,
3: we're going fancy. We're, so just, we're doing it. Yeah. We're drinking yes. tea with,
2: with pinkies out. Um, <laughs> so you had mentioned um, in, in your community, in Montgomery County, um, a recent scare with guns. And so it, it's, it's a small question and a larger question. So one is you know around specifically the question of weapons and how, you know when and how does a school board decide to become involved in an issue like that that is politically divisive? that does have very strong feelings on both sides, um, but is directly related and has effects on schools like you know where where is that balance between sitting back and letting society handle problems and I guess like advocating for things in society that are directly and or negatively impacting schools?
3: Boy that's that's a million dollar question so I think I'll start by answering that. So there's this line that's often used in board trainings. I use it when I train other boards, which is if you're trying to fix water fountains in schools, you're doing something wrong as a board member. If you're trying to make sure that there are systems in place to monitor and fix board um, uh, water fountains across the district, then you're doing something right. So I think that pertains to your question about guns as well. Um, There was an issue yesterday in one of our high schools, Bethesda Chevy Chase, where there was a concern that there was at one point there was concern there was an active shooter. Um, Then it was kind of more like, no, but there's a gun in the school and there was just a lot of misinformation flowing around. To me, the board does not have any role in addressing that specific circumstance. But where I'm starting to get involved is I heard from a lot of the, as I mentioned, I heard a lot from parents of BCC students saying, look, we just need to know, like, if we don't know anything yet, we need to know that, right? So the system went dark for too long of a period of time, and it increased the rumors, it increased the, anxiety of students, staff, and parents. And we can't have that. Unfortunately, in this day and age, we need to have really thoughtful approach to those types of circumstances. And so there, I think it is appropriate, and this is where I'm trying to lean in, is what is our crisis communications plan for, God forbid, a gun in the school or other type of uh, emergency. We need to do a better job at that, and I think that's an appropriate role for for me and for the board to play.
0: So let's switch gears for just a second. Another um, topic that has dominated kind of discourse on public ed right now uh, is <laughs> we were we were I, we were mockingly calling it a so-called teacher shortage um just jokingly
2: i don't know mocking okay okay mocking was too (laughs) strong all right
0: but when we say so-called there is a little bit of a lack of clarity um nationally about whether this this teacher shortage exists I, i tend to believe just like public education is so fragmented in this country in so many ways there may be a shortage in oklahoma but not in fairfax county virginia so um. You're a former teacher, um now you're a board member, you consult with systems across the country. What do you see as some of the causes of the teacher shortage uh, and what can school systems do um and what do you think uh the school system that you're currently a board of education member can do to 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 help the profession? It is the most important role in any public school system.
3: Yeah. To totally agree with that last statement. It is the most important role in any, I would say in society, even beyond school systems. So unfortunately, it's it, it's a big complicated answer, which is I think that in order to, to address what I do believe is a teacher shortage, and I do agree with you, Robbie, that um it's worse in some places than others. Um, but I do believe that it's it's real and we can look at um student teachers. Uh, The applications are way down, the enrollment is way down. And so this this is a problem that's not going to be solved overnight. Um, I think in order to solve that, we have to rethink teaching and learning, right? Like um, salaries need to get better, no question about it. And I think MCPS has done, um, it. we have done a good job of staying kind of at the forefront of salaries for teachers and, and other staff. But we also live in an expensive community, and I think we need to keep keep pushing that. and um, And the Maryland Blueprint is appropriately pushing us to do that. And I think we even need to stay ahead of that. But to me, we don't fix this problem until we fix what the what the teaching profession is. And I think um, the rote test based um, um, process that. Is sort of the fallback in many classrooms and schools is uninspiring to students and it's uninspiring to principals and it's uninspiring to teachers. And until we make it a more inspiring and creative and uh, uh, unleash of the passion that people come to teaching with, um, it's going to be hard to turn the um, to turn this uh, turn this tide around.
0: Yeah, can I, I can uh, I the, the, well, let me just say one thing? I was you made me think real quick that I, you know, it's we're we're I think I think NCLB was oh one correct, mm-hmm. so we're 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 twenty years past that, yeah. and I, and and I've I talked to the my, the fellows here a lot about that time, um,
2: the dot retrospective.
0: Yeah, well, it just seems like uh, Dr. Joff just just reminded me that I I think we still feel the hangover, the effects from that that law. A, a long time later.
3: Um, yeah. So, anyway, go ahead. Well, we're st- we're still basically under the NCLB regime, right? And and I mean, this might be too I don't know. I I think there were some things that came out of that that were were very positive, so I don't want to just bash NCLB, but I do think that it resulted in a narrowing of curriculum, a focus on test scores above anything else and um, a reduction in sort of teacher and school autonomy Correct. that makes the profession something that's attractive to um, young people cons- considering what their careers are going to be.
1: Uh, you said something in your previous response that struck me about the teacher shortage. Specifically, I mean, like let, we'll call a spade a spade. It's like we have four guys here, four white guys And we're talking about the teacher shortage and I, I, you know, as our school systems across the country continually become more diverse and we continuously need more teachers of color in our school systems, we need teachers who look like the kids that are in front of them. Uh, Something that struck me from your response is like, how do we create a more, like uh, an education experience for kids that inspires them to, to want to be in school. And frankly i mean like a lot of our students of color our black kids and our our hispanic kids they're not having positive experiences in schools and most people i th- not not really me included but mo- i think most teachers go into school and to be teachers because they had a good experience teaching they loved being teach like they loved playing school or they loved the idea of being a teacher so what uh, boards of ed really are on the forefront of of setting policy and, and reaching out to, to organizations to get more teachers of color.
3: So what are your thoughts on that in terms of the board's role? So the board's role in terms of bringing in uh, a more diverse uh, teaching workforce? Yeah. So, boy, you know, there, I think there's a few things that the board can do. So one thing, and in MCPS, I'm really proud of and this happened prior to me. So I, I had nothing no role in it. But that is to we, we're doing an anti-racism audit. And I think that's um I think that's a bold move, right? Like shining first of all, calling it an anti-racism audit, I think takes um takes courage. And and being committed to it and being committed to saying what the whatever the results and recommendations are, we're gonna do everything we can to to put those things in place. So I think that's one thing that the board can provide a huge amount of leadership on. And I'm really proud of the board that preceded, well, the members that preceded me that, that made that happen. So I think that's one thing. I think then it goes to back to what we were just talking about around creating a culture that's not quite so focused on test scores and a narrow curriculum based on reading and math scores, right? So um, I think we're starting to get better um, around things like career pathways and um, um, more engaging learning, hands-on learning, um, that I think it will make the teaching profession more attractive to everyone, including teachers of color. Um, and then I know just based on our consulting that we don't do a good job of of making uh, teachers and administrators of color feel included in decision making and and um, the sort of setting of processes and 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 implementation of those processes and often are put in positions where we're asking administrators of color to to uh, pay a lot of attention to discipline, for example, and not necessarily be instructional leaders. We're asking the same thing from our teachers of color. And so I think we need to sort of check some of those, um, tendencies that we ha- have for our, uh, professionals who are coming to us, um, uh, from, from, uh, either black and Brown communities.
2: So I got one more question uh, before we get you out of here with a, an awkward quiz. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, you've talked about and mentioned No Child Left Behind and um, the effects of it and, and kind of the testing regime and, and how that's, you know, now 20, 21 years on, we're still feeling the effects of it. So, and then we recently had the NAEP, the National Something for Academic Progress, I had it before when I was putting this question in my head. I think I'm going to go with assessment. Is it
0: assessment, Mr. Gray? Oh,
2: just lost that one. I apologize. All right, go ahead. Okay, what did that out? Um, National um, Assessment for Educational Progress, where um, kids are, it's the the biggest drops and the least amount of gains in 20 years. And so it starts the hand-wringing over learning loss. So it's a paradox because we wring our hands over learning loss that we only know from these standardized tests so we do more standardized tests to determine if there's more learning loss so my question is how do we break out of that cycle um, we seem to be almost incapable of judging schools in any other way aside from large standardized tests and i'm not say, i'm not i'm not one that's like throw all the tests out let's not do any tests right but how do we get back to a place of balance where we have these tests and they have a place and they have a say But um, like it's not the only thing that the general public digests in how they judge schools. Where we can say schools are more than just one test once a year.
3: Yeah, so I agree with you. I think we need tests, right? Like you know, we none of us want our kids to graduate not being able to read um, texts that are complicated and that enable us to think about big thoughts and and prepare us for the workforce and. And other things. So I, I, I have no problem with tests, but I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the way you do that is you you have to build into these accountability systems um, other types of measures, right? So in my day job in consulting with school systems, we do a lot of strategic planning. And what I've seen in the last year or so is not just a willingness, but a demand from school systems to define a portrait of a graduate, right? And that is often thought of as um, well beyond uh, the skills that can be measured in a a written or computerized test. Things like relationships and problem solving and creativity and things that are very difficult to measure. Um, But I think we need to keep pursuing Measures for those types of of, um, activities because right or uh, characteristics because like it or not, I feel like accountability systems are here to stay and I think they need to be here to stay. Um, But we need to think about them in more comprehensive ways, realizing that it's not just reading and math skills as measured by a standardized test that's going to determine the success of our kids um but we need to be thinking about things like um cross cultural literacy and um and language skills and and problem solving and working in teams and everything that our business partners are telling us that is that are important and and that our college partners are telling us that are important so i think it's finding these measures for things that right now seem hard or impossible to measure. Um, but I think we're getting better at at doing that and then incorporating those into our accountability systems. And I will,
0: I will, I'm glad you asked that question, Craig, because we don't have to talk about it now, but I would add one other thing to measure, which is, which is shouldn't be new, but it is, which is what you let off with Scott, which is the well being of our kids. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think educators are really interested now in how how are we sure that our that the the whole student is okay in school yeah um because that has been a real concern, I think for all of us all right on that note, uh this is the time in the show <laughs> where I pass the baton to C. H. Siddons and the quiz uh, all right,
1: are you ready? What you got? Uh, have you, have what you been you got? studying? I don't know. I'm, I'm, all, I'm fully prepared for this. All right. Great. So Scott, it's been great having you on the pod. Thank you. Uh, and we know that you, you have a lot of expertise around education and educational leadership. But we, well, I, I am curious what you know about other famous Scots in our world. <laughs> okay, are you ready? I nope. was
2: wondering if it was going to be Scots or other famous Joftices
3: <laughs> There's not many famous Jofti out there. So. I, so, for the record, I, as far as I know, and I've Googled in from here and other, as far as we know, we are the only Joftus in the United States. At oh, least. wow, really? <laughs> yep. See, look at
2: one look of that. one. There he yeah, right. is.
3: In, who well, is my that? parents also, oh, right. but
2: okay. Yeah.
0: But as so, a unit, there's one Joff to, yeah, exactly. It. Okay. Got it. Okay. So if you
1: answer two out of three, you win, and we'll send you a, uh, an Ends Not Dead sticker. R- Crabel has some stickers, so okay. Have we still got more stickers,
2: <laughs> yeah, a, a million. Yeah, we're good. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good, good. good. Yeah.
1: All right. Number one, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Ooh. famous author of books as The Great Gats- Gatsby oh, no. and Tender is the Night. What did the F stand for? Was it? Uh, and you have multiple choice on all these. Oh, okay. All right. So speaking of assessment, uh, A. Francis, B.
3: Forsyth, or C. Frederick? So. Francis is when, before you gave me the multiple choice, Francis is the word name that popped into my head, but uh, so I'm going to go with that one. That's
1: correct. Yeah. All right. There go. All right. One for one. Number two, the famous author, Sir Walter Scott lived appropriate, appropriately enough in Scotland, where he produced many famous novels and poems. Which of these is not written by him?
3: Oh gosh, oh, that's so
1: hard. <laughs> this one's a hard one. Uh, a Guy Mannering, B Tom Jones, or C Ivanhoe. I'm going to go Ivanhoe. I don't think he. I, I think that's someone else. It's actually Tom Jones oh. was not written by him.
0: You just asked that question because you wanted oh. to say Ivanhoe. I That's really what well, I. Well, that was obscure.
1: It was. It so was who obscure. wrote Tom, Who wrote Tom Jones? I have
2: no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no so, uh, follow-up questions. Allowed. I'm not that's sure right. that's a good. Robbie, Robbie a good might reason. know. Robbie, that
0: I was an English major, but Tom Jones sounds like an American novel to me. But I could be
3: wrong. It also sounds like an American singer. It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's it's very not confusion. unusual. Yeah, late right.
0: late '60s, early <laughs> '70s American singer. Lost, I'm Lost Tom Vegas. Jones.
1: All right? right. So I got one more, uh, and I have an, a bonus just in case. Three number three. Scott Bakula starred in a series in which the hero Sam Beckett found himself stranded traveling backwards and forwards in time what was the name of this series was it a <laughs> was it a quantum leap really? b the tomorrow people or c sliders
3: peter can you give me a can you give Life me line. a lifeline
2: uh, i yeah i uh ooh, i don't know what a good one is uh it's an it's an obscure word
3: they're they're making uh, they're remaking it re- recently. Uh, you, no, I, I I'm, t- I have no idea. <laughs>
0: do you want to, Do you want to give him the choice? Give him, give him the choices one more time. So all all right. maybe something will.
3: And okay. give me a wink at the right. Pick, pick the, right the one.
0: weirdest
2: one.
1: All right. No. A quantum leap. B <laughs> the Tomorrow People or C sliders. I'm gonna go A. A quantum leap is well correct.
0: Oh, well done. Look at that.
1: I actually remember watching this uh, as a very young kid and I, I'm being fascinated by it. I loved it.
2: Yeah.
0: Thanks. All right. also. So, so Dr. Jobs was two out of three, is that two
1: correct? out of three. So we,
3: all right, you met standard. Yeah. I'm expecting this. I'm expecting this. I'm expecting the sticker too. That's and right. Tom,
2: Tom Jones was written by Henry fielding. Oh, whoever um, that is, obviously, is but, obviously but 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 is henry fielding american or british oh so many questions henry
1: fielding sounds british
2: i use it the fielding oh,
1: Henry Fielding.
2: Okay. <laughs> we'll have to let somebody else look it up right.
1: henry fielding shire
0: before we let before we r- relieve dr justice of his misery um <laughs> you you have an important election coming up in a couple months um and we do have a few people to listen to the show any any last thoughts about your candidacy for the board of education for Montgomery County
3: yeah thanks for asking that so you know my my pitch if you will is that um we have some really great members of the board and some really great candidates for the board what what i think i bring that is unique is that I have this system experience for the last 18 years. Um, I've run a small business that um, advises school boards and superintendents across the country around issues related to equity, strategic planning, school and system improvement. And we just don't have that perspective. And, I, and it's unique on, um, on school boards. And what that affords me is the uh, perspective around really staying focused on things that matter, um, creating a system of continuous improvement around a few key high leverage initiatives that will improve outcomes for all students, and that won't result in us chasing, we call them... On the board now, we're using the terms fat rabbits and skinny rabbits. Fat rabbits, you want to chase. Skinny rabbits, not so much, right? So keeping that focus on fat rabbits that are meaty, that are meaningful, that are impactful for our kids and families. Um, My priorities are consistent with what the board wants to do. They're consistent with what the superintendent wants to do. And frankly, they're consistent with what a lot of the... uh, candidates for the board of education are the differences. I think that I've bring the experience and and perspective that will um help us actually um, um uh implement those priorities and make um achieve the outcomes that we're all hoping for
0: awesome um I know you're on social media a lot uh, I sure am what uh, any 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 platforms you want to hit.
3: Oh, um, I think if you just anyone that you're on, if you just look up Scott Joftus, you'll find me. My uh, website is joftus the number four b o e dot com. Um, I think yeah, you'll find me. I'll, I'm out there, and I'm also always willing to come out and chat. And I'm always willing. To, what a couple of things that I've said to folks is one is um, you know I bring a lot of education perspective and expertise and background. What I don't have and what I'm still in the process of learning is the nuances of all all of our different communi- communities across this big, fantastic county of ours. And so always willing and, and wanting to uh, learn about the sort of particular issues that are facing some of our communities. So I'm always happy to come out for coffee and, and meet with parents and, and educators to learn what's, what's happening in your, in your schools.
0: All right. Well, on behalf of my buddies, Peter and Casey, Dr. Joftis, it's been great to have you on the show and we'll get you back on Ed's Not Dead again. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: welcome back to ed's not dead fellas uh that was that was a terrific interview thanks again to dr scott joftus it was great to have him on the show best of luck to dr joftus in candidacy for the montgomery county board of education in november right that'll be be that'll be here before we know it um As always, Ed's Not Dead is brought to you by Ed's Not Dead Media, a full-service educational media company focusing on leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. Check out all things Ed's Not Dead on Twitter at Ed's Not Dead PC. All right. uh, We have a new segment. We are wrapping up the show um mr siddons has already gotten a little bit spicy with me and mr craze we, we provided fine minimal, we just won't do it minimal segment feedback and but we avoided a fight so but we're excited about it casey
1: no it was good it was it was, it was valuable i might fight against it but i take it and you know, that's all right
0: share with the listeners what oh, the news. all right
1: is. it's it's ripping off of another famous but not as famous as our podcast but it's it's basically, a, it's called the take appreciator. And so what I'm going to do as I compile all our education news pieces, uh, I'm going to share three takes, hot education takes, from some questionable education news sources. And you're going to rank them. We're going to bring back Dear Betsy. You're going to rank them from one to four DeVos's
2: we're bringing back
1: to your bets. Nice. All
2: right.
0: So a, a 4 devos is just a steaming Outlandish, pile of garbage. <laughs>
1: steaming pile of garbage. Okay. Rating of 1 means just a lazy take. It's not even worthy of consideration. And a rating of 4 devos means it's a it's a full devos, meaning it's a full education secretary.
2: Do you think she's still out there doing like education stuff?
1: Oh yeah, she's pushing for board of boards of ed to be super right-wing and all right. Funding people and going on her yachts and stuff she like did, that. She did
2: she did she
1: did
0: she did show a a
2: a of concern for bears.
0: Smallest fiber ever of courage at the very end, didn't she? I mean didn't yes. she didn't she kind of go out didn't she go out saying I can't I can't the insurrection was a little bit of a- I think
1: the insurrection you know really just it just proved it for her it was just the straw you know <laughs> oh,
2: you gotta have a line
1: you have to have a line. I mean, she certainly showed courage.
0: Although there was a guy in a bear suit in the There was, or was that a buffalo? He was, <laughs> in it was, some, he was a
1: some yak? Name. I think I don't know who knows. All right,
0: let's let's get going here. Give us some. Right. Give us some some headlines.
1: This one's pulled from Twitter, and it 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 includes a report from the Heritage Foundation, from uh, a right wing uh, a right wing think tank, if you will. So I'm going to read the headline. I'll read some of the byline. And you you get to rate. We'll start with Crable for this one. The Heritage Foundation, quote, education freedom report card is a highly instructive glimpse into the upside down world that is today's conservative education policy vision. Accountability is now a net drag and speech bans equal freedom. And here's some of the byline for you. The methodology defines all variables, explains why we chose them, and describes how we calculated and coded them. M- mind you, there's a map of educational freedom included. Ooh, nice. Of the I United like, States. Like maps. Oh, and Who doesn't? The variables are organized into four main categories and influence the degree of education liberty in each state. One, education choice. Two, regulation. Three, transparency. And four, spending. So they have all these main characters categories of education, liberty, and even published a very colorful map, color-coded map of the United States.
2: Well, I might have gone with three DeVos's, but the fact that they put a map on there, I I, I got to take a DeVos away. <laughs> that, so well while, said, well said. While I may disagree with a lot of what they say, uh, it, I don't think it's so outlandish it, to measure. So I'll, I'll go with a ranking of two DeVos's on there. Oh, I mean, man. And,
0: and, and honestly, the factors, I don't know, Mr. Grapes, the factors... I mean, there were no degree to which CRT is taught or prayer in school. Yeah, I mean, uh, were, that's they, true. They, they Nothing were, about
2: they, bear dangers in right. the midst I mean, of rules. They schools, were, they were
0: fairly innocuous factors. Yeah. Uh, so, what are, you, I mean, what are you giving it? I, I'm with you. I'll go with three devices.
2: No, well, I went with two. I oh, two. Uh, two. Yeah, yeah
0: I'll, uh, I, I'll go. I'll, I'll go with two with you.
2: Okay. All right. All right.
1: right. Two to that Okay. And we still got two more. So you have full potential to have a full DeVos. Well, it just
2: depends on the quality of the headlines you're sharing. That's true.
1: That's true. That's true. All right. Next one. Four more reasons to be mad about Biden's student loan debt amnesty. Oh, Only four.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: That's right. Byline every passing day, the scope of the Biden administration's regressive, expensive, unfair and potentially illegal amnesty for student loan debt becomes clearer. Student loan forgiveness forces working Americans to pay off the woke managerial class, particularly Washington elites. America's children will be picking up the tab for this physical negligence for a generation.
2: Uh, Definitely bonus points for the woke (laughs) managerial got it like that is pretty that's pretty quality that's pretty pretty good there's something else at the beginning that i found pretty enjoyable uh uh so yeah i'll go because there's so much editorializing in there i'll go ahead and do three the bosses all right all right um you know i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna
0: throw you a curve
2: uh, oh, get, I, yeah. I,
0: I'm, You're not I, into it. I'm 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 down at the very bottom of the DeVos scale on this. I'm going oh, with man. A, with, a, with a with a with a very small portion of DeVos.
1: Why why is uh, that?
0: I, I've got my own questions about that move, both politically and practically. Um I I <laughs> I am a member of the woke beltway elite. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh but I'm far past paying off student loans. Um but I, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder if it was, let's be honest, not all, not all legislation that helps people is works um, or is great. And I have some questions about this. All one. Right. So, I, I, I think, I think of all the things he's done, he's done. This is the one that I think you could legitimately shoot full of some holes that, wow. that are, that are, that are bipartisan holes.
2: But we're all evaluating right. the headline, Robbie. And uh,
1: I did ask him why, I, so I, I apologize. I, I, that was my I, fault. That was geez, my, so much, my yeah, fault. My fault. I did. I did. We can bring I, that up on a topic on a future I, show. I, I,
0: I just, I, I didn't think it was that, that steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. That, yeah. The, I mean, the ahead, student
1: right. student loan debt amnesty is my okay. favorite. Anyway. All right. Th- three out of three here. Number three, a new ranking for education freedom. This is similar to the other one, but it's got some good uh, good word choice here oh, yeah. florida and arizona lead the way in liberating families from woke bureaucracies <laughs> historic <laughs> declines in math and reading scores during the lockdown era plus an embrace of anti-american propaganda by the educational establishment have left many u.s parents desperate for new school options they want public funding to go to the schools that they choose for their children rather than being automatically routed to local government monopolies
0: Ooh, indoctrination you, you go first. The only words they one. didn't use: yeah. <laughs> socialists or communists. It, 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 I mean, if they if they had gone socialist schools, uh, um, indoctrinating students, some of those words I would give it a, a, a missed four. opportunity. I, Marxist academies, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yes. I would have definitely gone with the four. But I think, I think, I think it was, I think it was three DeVos worthy. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm going right.
2: to go with you, but it really, I'll, I'll do three too. It really satisfyingly hits on all the buzzwords it does <laughs> it really does um, i can't just, believe it. yeah but uh, you know i do think they could have done a little better they could have as you said or anything about prayer in there right too, yeah. and yeah. you know freedom a couple more times yeah. they more didn't to say freedom they didn't get freedom any, any squared sexual yeah. deviance in there and and they
0: should have it's florida right that's, and true. Had, that's they true. should have they should have had something about that
2: yeah man
1: all so right. I I need to up my game for next time because yeah so, uh, so we these, are, a yeah, these full, are tame
2: Casey come on
1: full four DeVos playbook here
2: you need to find some more you need to go to the dark web <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I need to, I need to start buy, surfing on buy like, a news. separate computer just for the dark web I need
1: to like go on like uh, Newsmax or something like that next yeah. time oh are boy. you into are
2: you into Reddit at all
1: I I, I I dabble. I could, okay, that could be it's a, a, it's, it's, it's a It's a what wormhole. I dabble. It's a wormhole. I don't.
2: Mean? Too, there's not enough time. It's a wormhole. I'm just saying that could be a good potential. Jason, you have
0: dabbling issues. What is <laughs> dabbling mean?
2: <laughs> just like 10 or 12 hours a week. That's it.
0: Cabinet <laughs> at 13. No more. So far. Uh, sorry if I missed at the beginning, uh, Mr. Sids. what's, what's that segment called again?
1: The take appreciator
0: take appreciator until okay. we get
1: yelled at by the less popular podcasts
0: because we copied their content.
1: Okay. I just took right. two words that uh, sometimes we, people use. We,
0: we ran out of time for stock up, stock down. We're going to do that next time. Um, and I do want to remind our, our listeners as we are back for season six, because we're, the best ed podcast around please uh send us some show feedback tell um, your friends so i don't embarrass casey and peter at the beginning of <laughs> and, se- and send
1: us emails and dms like we right. love answering questions dms are and, open yeah slide into the dms
0: slide into the yep. dms i don't Twitter, really know what
2: that means Facebook.
0: yep so we we want your we want your feedback and we will read it on the air mm-hmm. um, All right, fellas. Uh, thanks to dr scott Joftis for joining end um we really appreciate having him on the show and we wish him best of luck in his election coming up uh the show is brought to you by ed's not dead media full service educational media company focusing on leadership instruction and 21st century school reform um i just have to ask crable one quick question mr Sids. yes mr i'll ask you both. Um. NFC and AFC champions.
2: <laughs> Ooh, uh, after week one, I'll go, hmm, AFC, I'll go with uh, the recency effect. I'll go with the Bills. Okay. The Buffaloes. Quick, quick, NFC. NFC. Uh, no frontrunner. No frontrunner no front at all. Gee, they're all so terrible. I'll go with uh, the Bucks. Okay. Mr. Sids.
1: All right, uh, AFC. I Are we saying looking. AFC like like winning the whole
0: thing, <laughs> or yes, they're gonna All win right. the match? Who, right, who, who, win. who will be the AFC team in the Super Bowl?
1: Okay, absolutely, Buffalo Bills.
0: Okay, and the NFC team.
1: Oh, let's see. I have to see a list of <laughs> NFC said. teams. Who plays um, football? <laughs> the Washington Command. Oh, oh, nice, oh, Homer, big. I you. love just saying, it. Just saying. Nice. I, I have to i have to get on the bandwagon of yeah, being uh, an optimistic washington commanders go. fan. love it Thanks. it only yeah. took you 15 you know years. what Jeez. i think it's i think it's their year i think it's the commander's year this year
2: okay
0: the, ma- the manders the re-
1: it's the restructuring <laughs> kind of year last year it felt like last year was restructuring yeah. okay. uh, That's they got a stop. new quarterback okay sorry
2: new accountability measures new,
0: yes uh, <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, as uh, always. Robbie? Yeah. Hold on. Go Give yours. And then. Oh, I got to get mine. Uh, yeah, on, I'm
0: going to go. Um, uh, the Chiefs are going to learn how to run the ball. They are going to be the AFC representative. And I think I am going to go, like you said, Peter, the box. Bucks. Okay. Bucks. There we go. Agreement. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, Tom Brady. Tom
0: all right. Brady. Fellas, I can't believe we're so. We are so grateful that we are back for season six. We are still awesome. together um it's going to be a great season we've got some special plans right uh that we're going to unveil in the coming weeks coming shows, some uh segments and series that we're going to do so you're going to have to wait on that so don't miss out continue to tune in spread the word about ed's not dead thanks as always for peter and casey take care and we will talk to you soon